My Side of the Fence. We are a new podcast hosted by, uh, I'm Caitlin, and I have my co-host Trisha. Say hi, Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Hi. <laughs> yes, hi, Trisha. It me. <laughs> it you. We hope to be weekly. We are currently a quarantine cast uh, reflecting the current state of quarantine and isolation in the United States as well as other places around the world. Um, and time, as a result, has uh, formulated into a flat circle. So we'll see. We hope to be weekly and we'll see where it goes from there. As a little bit of background as to why we decided to start a podcast, uh, Trisha and I are best friends and actually neighbors. We actually have <laughs> houses that are adjoining, which is ridiculous um, and something that should just not be real, but it is. <laughs> we and, made it work. <laughs> we made it happen. <laughs> we made it work. Our our realtor loves both of us. I'm sure she loved a, loved us helping her out too. <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we've we've stimulated the Denver housing market ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were some things that led to us wanting to start a podcast during this time. A little bit of background on the two of us. I am an so-called essential healthcare worker. I work in an inpatient setting. Behavioral health, not necessarily medical primary, but we do deal with um, folks who have medical issues, as most folks have some kind of medical issue in their life. So that is something that is affecting my way of life right now. And then on the other side of the fence, not my side of the fence, the other side of the fence is where Trisha lives. On my side of the fence, I have cystic fibrosis. Uh, it is a life-threatening genetic disease that multiplies the mucus in your mucus-producing organs, so that greatly affects the lungs. So with everything going on with COVID, I have lots of feelings on that and lots of feelings on quarantining. And you've primarily been stuck inside your home, right? Yes. So I took a temporary volunteer leave of absence from work on the 13th of March. I work in retail, so I would see a lot of people, but then my store ended up closing on the 20th anyway. So uh, I've been out of work since the for almost a month now so starting a podcast just seemed like the next step in the right direction of things to do with my time <laughs> yes they they say that you know what you call a dude of uh, a group of dudes in a room is is a podcast but you know what do you get when you have some 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 bored ladies who need a creative outlet <laughs> Apparently the term is also podcast go figure who would have known i i know <laughs> We need to be very charismatic very quickly. No, we just need to grow beards and then we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, smart, 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 smart. That would probably help with sound dampening as well if we both had beards. Oh, smart. Gosh. Oh. Uh. Right? I, we, we can just find some opinions about movies. Like, we'll be fine. Yeah. You know, so I think it, you know, that was what prompted us to have that conversation about do we start a podcast? Because we have two very different experiences right now, even though we literally live in a building that is connected to each other of what's going on in the world and how we experience that world and how we're protecting ourselves and keeping safe and maintaining our sanity and hopefully the the health and sanity of those around us. Hopefully we can bring a little light and comedic relief to people too. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely, we've come up with some things that we do want to discuss about, you know, how we're managing during the COVID-19 crisis and quarantining and isolation. You know, we've also, we're both located in the Colorado, well, obviously we're located very close, but to each other in proximity, but <laughs> in the Colorado area, we have access to um, our local news here and what's specifically going on in our region, but we also have our broader topics that we did want to hit on. I know my personal favorite right now is what are we cooking? <laughs> Trisha, I love food. Food's I love delicious food. And excuse me, food. I think the whole 30 ended about 15 days ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, we made it. I think I made it like to day 20. And then Chicken Nugs called my name. <laughs> we were. We were we were both in the middle of a whole thirty when this started, which is again another thing you can do when your best friend is also your neighbor is that you can hold yourself accountable to what you're eating. But then <laughs> when all of a sudden there's a six foot distance that you can just shout over the fence like, "Hey, what are you having for dinner? What you cooking, neighbor?" It turns into it turns into chicky nugs faster than you think it's going to. The other night it was chocolate chip banana bread on our side of the fence. And I know you made some chocolate chip cookies the other day. Disaster so. cookies, you mean? They did. We'll talk they about that so later. They were so buttery, though. You liked it? They okay, were good. A hot mess. They tasted good. They were local wise. <laughs> <laughs> and I think some of our foods, yeah, some of our foods are definitely healthier because I think our bodies are crying out for vegetables at this point. Oh yeah. But yeah, the other night we, I think we all made some choices with uh, varying degrees of success and and or pride and or shame. Lots of shame. Definitely, definitely had some shame Taco Bell this lunch uh, today. And <laughs> I had some I leftover regret- shame chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I regret both nothing and everything. And also the people from Taco Bell are really nice to me. And so I just need that in my life. Yeah, Trisha, can you talk a little about some of the other topics we've discussed and things that we're, we're interested in sharing with you guys who might be listening? Yeah, of course. So a couple of subjects we want to hit either every episode or have certain episodes dedicated to these topics. We're going to discuss what we're watching, you know, on various streaming sites. Neither of us have cable in our households, so, but we do have No, we're millennials everything and therefore else. we are, yeah, cable free, <laughs> but we've got a lot of financial investment in streaming services. Absolutely. Like, definitely, we're getting our money's worth. That's for sure. <laughs> and then we're going to discuss- Share passwords. That's the millennial course. way. Yeah. Don't be a snitch. Uh, share a password. Yeah. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. And no Netflixes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like, we're going to laugh. Um, that's true. Obviously, we touched on this one already, but we're going to discuss what we're cooking. We're gonna do what's cooking, good looking, name pending. I like that song. Oh, thank you. I don't know that we have any other rights for that song, but I like that song. We'll make our own. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll do like the the no um, copyright infringement birthday song. Yeah. <laughs> Just like be like, what you cooking at Bennigan's? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're out of business. They don't. They don't need to see us. Yeah. Come at me, Bennigan's. Whatever. Come at me. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we're going to talk about how we're staying active. Yeah, it's going to be a subject. Spoiler alert. make wide eyes into our cameras. <laughs> uh, not, not happening. Moderate success, but again, that's the two sides of the fence there. Yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and continue on uh, with the list. We have our quarantine insights of the week. So we'll talk about local news in the quarantine and the COVID-19 world. And we'll try to talk about a lot of localized ones as well as what what else we hear throughout life. Good news and not so good news. We want to make sure we're you know keeping it light, but we're also staying truthful and transparent with everything going on. 
We're going to talk about our mental well-being while us in our physical distancing and our stay-at-home procedures. Uh, we're going to talk about our pets and how they just don't understand, obviously. Cause yeah, they, they super just, don't. They just love that you're home when they love that there's there's peoples. Or they're really annoyed that there's peoples. Give or take Yeah, care. see, and you have dogs and <laughs> cats, and they are not the same. <laughs> and again, that's on your side of the fence. That's my side of that fence. That side of that fence, bud. It's <laughs> coming in handy. Yeah. We're going to talk about the importance of friendships, family, all of our different relationship types, and how reaching out is very important. And we're going to talk about how young adult fiction got dystopian future completely wrong. How never was it talked about in The Hunger Games. Importance of the toilet paper chain. Never touched that. I know. I'm frankly shocked and appalled that that was not something that we were more informed about. I've learned so much about the toilet paper supply chain in the last few weeks and how <laughs> I, I read this the other day in an article and I, because I'm bad at citing my sources, it was an article, <laughs> but it was talking about the difference between the residential toilet paper distribution chain versus the commercial toilet paper distribution chain. The commercial being like when you go to a movie theater and there's the big roll of toilet paper that's in the plastic thing that has right. the key. Yeah. So first of all, that toilet paper comes from a different kind of pulp than the residential toilet paper and it's it's in those giant rolls like you can't like just bring it home and stick it on your toilet paper roll at home like they're not they're not meant to be used for the same kind of thing so that like when all of this started going down and people were hoarding everyone was like oh this is only gonna last a week until people are not freaking out anymore and realizing that like their buttholes have very little to do with this whole situation (laughs) the spoiler alert they kind of do unfortunately because so many people are working from home now so many people are isolated at home now they're dropping their kids at the pool at home more so than you know doing one on the boss's dime and (laughs) it's 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 really actually rapidly changing the demand for residential toilet paper and you've got these places that are normally would be ordering the commercial toilet paper that like aren't ordering it. So it's just messing all of these systems up that were in place based on like ideas of usage. So there actually is, you know, a stall in getting some of this like residential use to like your Charmin's, your things like that, that would like actually be comfortable toilet paper to have in your home. Yeah. Because the... The commercial toilet paper is, like, not sold to Safeway to, like, be sold to you. So, like, I mean, again, there's all of these steps that got all mangled. And so now they're actually continue. That's one of the legitimate reasons there continues to be issues with toilet paper. So, well, we I don't definitely... know. I panic ordered a bidet, and that's just where my life <laughs> is right now. And I have it sitting, actually, on my kitchen table. And theoretically, my husband is going to be helping me drill a hole into the wall so that I can access the hot water so I don't have a cold butthole. <laughs> and then hopefully this point will be moot and I won't obsess about this anymore. But currently this is like my big thing that I'm stressing on. <laughs> toilet paper distribution chains. Anywho. Well, that could also... We'll talk about other stuff too. Yeah, that's that's definitely a subject of different types of supply chains of different things in the world that are either being hoarded or that need to go to the proper people but aren't or... How are you going to cook your beans if you've never had them in a bag when you're used to them in a can? That kind of stuff. Don't spill your beans. Don't spill your beans. But I think this is a great time to introduce what I think is going to be my favorite segment. What day is it? This episode was recorded on Monday, April 6th. (laughs) (laughs) And Monday.
Monday, April 6th means that we are getting some new information from the governor today about current numbers in Colorado. So that was exciting. I've got those here if we want to go over those. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's check in on what's kind of going on in the world and especially in Colorado today. Yeah, so earlier today it was uh, presented by Governor Jared Polis in the state of Colorado. We have uh, projections of what our best case and our worst case scenarios could look like. We are looking at about infections to be at 941,312 in the state of Colorado by May 7th. Peak hospitalizations of 57,086 on May 14th. And the projected worst case scenario deaths will be about 33,277 by June 1st. However, the best case scenario in that if we all practice the stay-at-home orders, if we practice proper physical distancing, if we practice proper protocol as far as continuing to protect ourselves with the face masks and as all of that kind of stuff of what we should be doing, washing our hands, not touching our face, etc., etc., best case scenario is by June 1st we will only have 379 cases in the state of Colorado of uh, fatalities. So it still is absolutely devastating to lose almost 400 people in the state of Colorado. However, it's better than triple that or however many numbers that is. Math is not my strong suit, y'all. <laughs> more more than triple. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those those numbers are, are wild to listen to, to hear what a difference the actual stay-at-home order could potentially make in terms of outcomes. And, in, and also, I mean, just as importantly, even if we do have, you know, the same amount of infections over a grander period of time, that we are flattening that curve so that our ERs and our hospitals are not overwhelmed to the point where they cannot provide appropriate services to people, which results, again, in worse outcomes. If we can't triage appropriately in our hospitals, then more people die, unfortunately. That is the outcome. Exactly, yeah. And I do also have the numbers for the best case scenario for infections, peak hospitalizations, and everything as well. We have the best case scenario for infections by November 19th can be as low as 39,114. So that's drastically different compared to the worst case of how many infections we could possibly have in our state. Peak hospitalizations looking out till November 27th are 2,703. And then again, that 379 deaths by June 1st. And best case scenario by January 1st, we could be looking at uh, 6,639 deaths. And those numbers are coming from uh, CDPHE? Uh, state health health, health, uh, state health officials, yes. Uh, this was what uh, Gen- uh, Jared Polis was talking about today. So uh, yeah. one of the things he talked about. And the about. other thing he mentioned in his press conference today, which I think was his first televised press conference, because I think the rest have been available online and have been recapped, obviously, on the local news afterwards. But this one was televised uh, live for the entire state because part of what he was talking about was the extension of the stay-at-home order all the way out to April 30th, which I think some people were expecting because City of Denver, or is it to the 26th? It's the 26th. Because City of Denver, Denver, City of Denver's out to the 30th. Yeah. Happy birthday to me! (laughs) (laughs) Aww. That's okay. We'll talk about your your corn party. (laughs) It's only my 29th. It's not like it's, it's not the big one. Know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> so, honestly, I wasn't thinking about doing anything anyway. This is totally okay. Got to do what I could eat right? and stay at home with my dogs and my husband. So, what else could be we, better? We can have a we can have a Zoom party. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. 
Yeah. You can you can have your doggies get the zoomies while you're on a zoom party. The zoomies? <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. One of my dogs is in the room with us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in other Colorado news, we actually um, heard today, this was posted earlier today by Nine News, Denver Mayor um, Hancock has implored the Colorado Convention Center and to be converted into a 2,000-bed field hospital this month to help relieve the medical system pressure. He also asked, he requested that the local hotels in our local downtown area on 16th Street, which anybody that lives in Colorado or has visited Colorado knows that A, it's highly populated area for tourism, and B, highly populated for homelessness. He has implored that these hotels in this area have will open up their doors to help the homeless population that is currently experiencing even worse uh, living conditions now that, that there's this outbreak and even scarier um, health concerns and everything. There well, is- Denver over the last few years has experienced a lot of turmoil related to attempts to... You know, the- Depends on which, you know, end of the spectrum you fall on this, but I think, you know, there's been a definite, which side of that fence there? (laughs) Rick Dalton's like, that's the thing. That's the name of the show. They said it. They said Uh, the thing. They said the thing. (laughs) You know, the last couple of years, as we've seen that expansion of that downtown and leading into the ballpark area, um, as it's now known, which used to be more heavily populated by our our homeless, homeless population, have been kind of either pushed out of the city with really nowhere to go, limited shelter options in downtown Denver. For, and honestly limited resources overall there's the the great colorado coalition for the homeless which provides some fantastic services in case management but they're one of the few organizations downtown that's really got the clout behind them to pull off some major operations and even they are struggling right now as i've been reading just in in kind of the local news and so what we're seeing is unfortunately having to reckon with what the city has done over the past few years. Thankfully, it sounds like Denver police have suspended any of the homeless encampment sweeps that have been something that has been taking place over the last few years. And there are now more proactive, pro-social attempts to actually get people into some shelter, at least while this is going on. And hopefully we can use this as an impetus to change to actually be supportive of our homeless population. And myself working in behavioral health, knowing that there's a not insignificant portion of those folks who require mental health services and continued pretty intensive case management in order to be successful, that we actually provide those resources in a way that's sustainable and not actively damaging to our homeless population. Because I think in the last few years, especially Denver, the institution of Denver, I think, has really turned its back on our homeless population and made conditions worse for them. So if this is an opportunity for us to actually do something right, I think that's really important but again, a lot of these initiatives are very early in the stages of actually having anything happen. So I think that's where I know I'm nervous about that. Yeah, and that's what I'm nervous about too. And I think that, like you said, it's a very it's a moment of precipice where we have companies that have this opportunity in front of them to do something that's really great, not just for their own self-image, but for the community at large. And like you said, Denver's kind of turned its back on its homeless population. The city of Denver has said that both the downtown Hyatt and the DIA Weston, which is the hotel that's connected to the, the, our airport here in Colorado, have declined to helping out the homeless population. They said that legally, the city of the city attorney's office said they legally have no right to under to legally enforce that they take people in. However, it's kind of just bad luck 
I understand why they may not want to have the homeless population in their buildings. However, it doesn't, it's not good for their image in the long run, and it's not good for us as a people either. And I worry about how right. it's going to be implemented, and I just hope that these companies see that they have a, this opportunity at large to do something really great for not just the Denver community, but, you know, our state and our world at large, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I could say that there were no libertarians in foxholes, but somehow there still are. <laughs> folks who believe that without pressure from outside sources that you know we're gonna see this change come from our business institutions and you know while we do see some hints of good positive actions being taken i think we are missing out on enormous opportunities because there's not that pressure being applied and so i think we're finally starting to see a little bit of that and i get i know people have differing opinions on how that's executed and what that looks like but the reality is is that people are in crisis have been in crisis for longer than this covid situation's been going on and now we have a duty beyond what's normally going on in our area to do something to protect people literally from the, the life and death circumstances that we're surrounded by right now. Yeah. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> well, then I'm just, I'm just <laughs> going to jump it's right back on. It's very high, worse. It's, it's, Do I'm it. I'm just going to jump right back on to that soapbox there. Um, Do it. It's just kind of a reflection of end-stage capitalism. Womp womp. Yep. You guys, um, we're probably going to get some hate for that, but oh well, it's out there now. But it's just kind of goes to show you that like businesses aren't going to look out for people in the long run. There are businesses that are taking the steps to do, like, not just take care of their employees, but take care of the community. However, if we give the give the businesses the power, then they're not gonna they're just gonna use it to the, to benefit themselves, and that's the sad part. If we don't put more pressure on them, then who's to say that they have to do the right thing? And and I, I again don't want to take a, a giant steam and dump right on you know <laughs> local, especially small businesses that are doing oh, yeah. amazing things for the community. We do see restaurants that are providing meals for seniors and other folks that can't get out of their homes at that lower no cost. You know First we're seeing our local a lot of help with that too. Yeah, there are some supports being put out there for first responders by different businesses saying, you know, if you are an essential worker, here's some things we can do for you. You know, I don't want to put down, especially the small businesses that are really sticking their necks out, actually, to provide a way above and beyond what they have to, right? Yeah. You know, I think the things we're speaking to are more institutional and looking at, okay, you know... Bill and Melinda Gates and Jeff Bezos like poured a couple million into whatever. That's not in and of itself a bad thing, but when you look at what could be made compulsory based on times in history where that has been the standard for those who have an excess of wealth into the billions versus now where it's it's literally the same as me tipping, you know, proportionally me tipping a dollar on my drink at Starbucks or, you know, whatever. So just taking a look at that for what it is and not being cynical about it, but understanding that we have a social, you know, moral, ethical obligation to do what we can and do the most that we can. And that looks different for different people. And if we refuse to look critically at folks who have that capacity and only choose to do a small fraction of it, they should be open to criticism for it. And sorry, we're we're people that are coming off of an entire series binge of The Good Place. And (laughs) we know all about that there trolley problem. (laughs) So... You know, we just have lots of things to say on it. And so, you know, the the intent is not to be inflammatory, but to really just put it out there for what it is. And, you know, if you're going to do that little proportionally, like, be prepared to own that. Exactly. Yeah. Be prepared to, like, 
have your actions have consequences. Like, again, that goes into into the capitalism portion because once things go back to quote-unquote normal, whatever that looks like, there are companies that will not be getting a lot of people's business anymore. And I think that they have to be prepared for that as well. I don't know if they realize that people aren't just going to be like, oh, I guess I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby now that the virus is dead. Like, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, there's still going to be a loyal fan base or whatever, but... People are going to remember what happened now. And I yeah. think, again, like, that's what we talked about when we were talking about developing a podcast about what's going on in the world and how that's impacting our choices that we make as people, as, as both people who can and can't basically go out into the community with varying levels of protection and make choices about how we're going to, you know, spend our money, who we're going to support, what we're going to support, and how we're going to support it. And that goes way past what happens today. I mean these decisions we're making now will impact the choices we make six months from now, 18 months from now. And people will remember what happened. And if they, you know, don't stay informed, then, you know, what are you going to do? But that's kind of what we wanted to accomplish as part of starting a podcast was just to record our own understanding of what's happening around us. Exactly. And to help people stay informed as well. Because if if you can make decisions consciously and a well-rounded, informed decision in life, then like, we want to be able to help you do that. So... We also want to share some goddamn chicky nugs recipes. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I made a delicious sriracha mayo the other night and put it on some tater tots, some sweet yeah. potato tater tots. Oh, my God. I felt very Midwestern. Did you make those tot waffles or just tater tots? I don't have a waffle maker, actually. But I, I made... Uh, <laughs> I put them in... A, I, I made the tots and I, I pressed them into a pie dish nice. after I had cooked them. And then I did some cheese, toasted it, some cheese on top, and oh. then... Oh, did the nice. sriracha mayo and then because my husband his tummy hurts from spices if i go too wild so i did put a little bit of ranch on top there too and it was mushy delicious gooey goodness um so that's you know that's a free one for you that's not any uh kind of locked content <laughs> for the con right. for the podcast you know for when we obviously hit it big with our our, our to, to monetize our our anti-capitalist podcast <laughs> That sounds hey, pretty American. You know, you know what? Bitches, bitches gotta make money. <laughs> bitches gotta, bitches gotta make money. You know, I, uh, <laughs> you know what I love is paying my bills. I, mm. I just, I, I love it. I love it so much. I mean, my dogs aren't going to get a job, so somebody's got to pay their kibble. Right? My cats, you would think that they own the place, but they, in fact, don't have opposable thumbs. What? So really, their <laughs> ability to contribute to this household is so limited. Just because they're Yeah, that's, cute. that's the thing with... Yeah, even even though I'm working out of the house, my husband is now working from home, which one cat does not mind, and the other takes great umbrage to and has peed on a blanket already, just to let me know how pissed she is. And so <laughs> there's just a lot going on yeah there's a lot <laughs> happening there's a lot happening and sometimes you gotta have some sriracha tots and just you know get your life together see all you had to do was make some gravy and then you're then you got some like real messed up poutine delicious garbage poutine it, oh and I, I forgot to say that i i fried up some euro meat and then oh gyro meat on there you too. go yeah oh uh, it was too legit to quit we'll cover where to get euro meat on our how to navigate costco in a pandemic yeah um, episode which is definitely which, gonna know, happen actually there there are pandemic related shopping tips we have as well as specifically costco we, we live in a world between two costcos <laughs> our our heart is plenty a plenty with with samples um they're not doing samples right now that's actually a hot tip you shouldn't take them even if they were, but... No. <laughs> um, Unless they're you know, straight out the fryer. That is some of the kind of high quality content you can expect from this show. Yeah. 
as well as plenty of nerd subjects. Because, spoiler alert, Caitlin and I met cosplaying at a convention. (laughs) So, needless to say, we're... Freaking nerdy. True. And one of the uh, one of the the things we were looking at today, as we were deciding, you know, what to bring in to share with you guys, is what's the status of the convention scene in Colorado right now? The answer is that Denver Pop Culture Con did get pushed back to Thanksgiving weekend, which is going to be a shit show. And uh, Trisha, you said earlier off mic that there were some other shows that have already been bumped or moved to an indeterminate TBD time. Do you want to share some of those? Yes. So one of the first ones was Colorado Anime Fest. It is a local smaller convention. I think it's at, it's, it's hit, it was supposed to hit its five year this year, but unfortunately, life. So it was supposed to be over the weekend of March 19th to March 21st. And it was, it was not compulsory at that point for them to move it, right? Yes and no. So that was the weekend before was the weekend when they're like, where Jenner, Jared, wow, I keep saying Jennifer. I'm trying to say Governor and Jared. Just so the listeners know, I've got a smidge of dyslexia, so words and numbers. And there is there is no Jennifer Polis. <laughs> There's no, as far as clear. we know, that would be really <laughs> strange if there were. You know, you never know. So, uh, Governor Polis did say the weekend before no gatherings, more than like 500 people, and then it kept going down in between then and like the week. Because I think that it. Yeah. I think they canceled it the week before. It was like it was like every day for like a week the number of people that could yeah. be gathered in one place kept dropping. Well it went drastically from two hundred and fifty to twenty five to ten. So then Colorado Anime Fest obviously could not continue when it dropped to below ten because it's it's mm-hmm. an anime convention, so they we we are a horde. So it's a lot of nerds in close proximity, and I think for for those of you that are not initiated to that culture, one of the big PR things that has to happen around every con that I attend is you just reminding people to you know do basic things like take showers and wash your hands already. So brush your teeth. Um, not um. the brush your teeth, and it's it's not to say that you know people who attend cons are dirty, but there are already inherent risks to getting a large group of people together even when there's not a pandemic on. So I oh, yeah. think that was a huge consideration that went into that decision. Well, there's always the joke of like, oh, I caught the con crud or the con bug because mm-hmm. somebody comes to convention sick and everybody gets sick because we're adults that don't know how to sh- not share our drinks. Um, not talking about it. That's any- true. Yeah. Just kind of call myself out there. So unfortunately, with how fast they end up having to cancel the show for Colorado Anime Fest, and also with how our stay-at-home orders have progressed rapidly since then, Colorado Anime Fest will not be happening again until next year. So that won't be taking place until 2020. Another one that I was really impressed with, actually, was Starfest. One of the one of the OG Star Trek conventions was was how it started back in the day. Yeah, but the, has expanded the 60s to be or 70s. more than that. Yeah, basically... It was, yeah, it was one of the very first uh, organized Star Trek conventions, one of the first organized sci-fi conventions. Mm-hmm. And it's grown into this... It's basically, like, for anybody that goes to conventions, it's what I refer to as Dragon Con Light, because it's not quite as crazy madness as Dragon Con. I mean, I haven't been to Dragon Con, but still, from what I've heard, it's, like, Dragon Con Light. They really took the initiative early on after Colorado Anime Fest announced that they were not going to be having their show. It was about four or five days later that Starfest actually announced that they were going to postpone this year's convention. Yeah. Um, they were they were very proactive. They were, yeah. And that was supposed to fall the weekend before May 4th. So they, they really took the initiative and called it in an appropriate manner in my eyes. It's a bummer, but I'm really proud that they did that, especially now that 
our stay-at-home orders for the state of Colorado is until April 26th. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Starfest is, is in my experience, kind of a class act show. It was one of my first cons that I went to, so I hold a special place in my heart for it. It is a, a very small convention uh, compared to some of the bigger shows that you see out there, like Denver Pop Culture Con that brings, you know, over 100,000 people now. That it's been around for, what, seven years? I think it started Something in 2012. Like well yeah 2012 2011 seven or eight years yeah yeah and i remember one of the first starfests i attended i was actually handed a flyer for uh what was at the time known as denver comic-con later known as denver pop culture con i remember that flyer because it was so tiny because they were just not sure what it was going to get become it was well i i think there was like a coupon on it it was like you can (laughs) you can go for like 20 dollars if you show this coupon and it was so cute yeah i really liked that show actually that was uh the first time i met my husband was at that show well i met at starfest but then we hung out for the first time at denver comic-con so again those events hold a special place in my heart and to a lot of people in the denver metro and as someone actually who attends dragon con in atlanta i've already been talking with people because that's normally held over labor day weekend about what that's going to look like even if we do have less restricted access to big events you know do we still want to do that dragon con is on a normal day kind of a crazy shit show of an event um (laughs) dragon con's held over a span of five or six host hotels in downtown atlanta for about five days about yeah five days that is correct yeah, and <laughs> it's it's a lot of walking up and down the same streets, like in very tight quarters, trying to get from point A to point B. And actually, the group I go with every year has been in pretty constant communication about how we're going to handle that this year, that it's probably, you know, not going to look that way, even if Dragon Con actually happens. And so already preemptively planning what other things can we do to bring that joy into our lives, because it's actually uh, several of, of the girls I went to, to college with, we all meet up once a year to do that event. So again, talking about how these events are impacting things that make us feel connected to other people and trying to find creative ways to still stay connected. Again, a reason to start a podcast, a reason to talk about the fact that these are strange times, but that we have to find ways to normalize what we're going through or else we're not gonna be able to move past what's happening and feeling like everything's a loss. We just have to, for that event in particular, trying to reinvent what that looks like. So definitely a, a subject of conversation that's been going on in our household lately. Oh, absolutely. Same here. My husband, we have had a lot of talks about about how we're both handling it i love him to death uh (laughs) but sometimes he doesn't quite handle stress the same way i do having had all my health issues and i'm also a military brat like i have had to adapt quickly to a lot of different changes throughout my life Mm -hmm. so when this kind of stuff started happening i was like all right we're, we're doing this this is what's going on now and I was able to, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a healthy way or even processed or anything, but I was able to actually, like, be like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to work. I'm going to make sure to, like, take care of myself first, and I'm going to just take care of things at the house. And, like, he, he's kind of just like, well, how are you able to handle this? And I'm like, reflex? I don't, I'm not quite sure. So you just got to learn, like you said, you have to normalize what is your new normal this moment. And 
it's such a weird and strange time, but it's just something that you gotta like be okay with. Like you gotta be able to process it and be okay with how you're processing it and how your feelings are going to. So yeah, I think that's uh, a big thing that I've been thinking about as well. It's funny you mentioned being a military brat. I am also a military brat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> different branches, yeah. I believe. Yeah. We were we were a Navy family. Well, technically the Marines. Don't tell my dad I'm saying this, but my, oh, the Marines yeah. is a you know a branch of the Navy. <laughs> He would disown me. And then my husband's also, you know, retired army soldier. So he was able to, I mean, he has his own experience with trauma and everything as well, which maybe we'll have, sure. we'll probably have, maybe have him as a guest at some point to talk about it too or something. But, but yeah, yeah. Like, you're also, you were saying a military brat. Yeah. Uh, and just learning to adapt to wildly different circumstances very quickly and how there's been parts of this that have not felt like a huge change from the norm of how I would deal with a stress, but also like understanding that there actually probably is a little bit of underlying trauma because there's that <laughs> like fuse in your brain that just kind of out when you realize the amount of things that are going to have to change in a short period of time. And I think now being where I am as a mental health professional and working in the environment that I do that, oh, okay, that is maybe something that I need to address, right? So that is definitely something we, you and I have talked about being beneficial. And again, normalizing what we can, normalizing the experience and moving forward and being able to not necessarily... I don't want to say like be productive because I know there's been that meme that's been going around about you should be productive or else you're lazy. And yeah. that's definitely not what I'm getting at. You didn't have um, time. I think, you don't I think have dedication. Yeah. One, I think people are sharing that with, you know, good intentions. But at the same time, what we're seeing is people that are, are a little bit traumatized right now and maybe don't have the emotional capacity to process that in an effective way or in a healthy way. And to be told that you're not, that you're lazy if you're not writing King Lear. It's like, well, <laughs> fuck you, Shakespeare, you jagweed. Yeah. Like, Don't I got other shit jokes. going on. <laughs> I can't even get any tattoos right now. Right? Like, that's normally a, a half-decent thing. Mechanism. To, I know, to I can't get to... my hair done. I can't get my nails done. God. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw, uh, I don't know if you saw the other day, Kyle Clark, his wife tried to cut his hair. Oh, no. And there's, like, literally a shave mark in the back of his head, and it's pretty great. And I appreciate that he didn't lie about it, because, like, <laughs> there's so Good many people that are making... It's, it's like the male equivalent of getting bangs, I think, is trying yep. to get, like, a trim that's not from a barber. Yep. You know, instead of just, like, being a gross sea monster, which is the form I've taken. Oh, same, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna let anybody cut my hair right now. I think uh, I'm not gonna get panic bangs. I don't look good with bangs. And so I, I know not to do that. I know that that's a bad look for me. <laughs> right. We'll see. But I have been at the store once or twice recently and stopped in the box dye aisle and been like, I can don't do, do that. it. And then I have to I have to talk myself out of it because it's like, I think the last time I actually dyed my hair was several years ago. So I would just be like slapping some crap on my head and <laughs> probably burning myself. Right. So again, noticing when I have like those kind of impulses that feel, don't feel impulsive because they feel very rational in your head in the moment. Just taking that breath and understanding that you might be making a quarantine decision. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be kind of an ongoing thread. I think we'll come back to a lot. Oh yeah. You know, before we wrap it up for the end of our first uh, zero episode pod uh, of the podcast uh trisha what do you what do you want to say in closing i mean i think this is gonna be a general theme throughout our our little show here but i just want to say 
Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself. Eat good food. Take good naps. If you're essential, take care of yourself as much as you can and be good to each other. I said that already. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. And and wash your damn hands. Wash your damn it's hands. It's not that difficult. And if I see one more person in the grocery store who has gloves on that they meticulously put on before they enter the store, but then proceed to touch everything in the store, you are missing the point, And I hate you. <gasps> <laughs> try to touch as few things as possible when you're in the store because yeah. you're trying not to cross contaminate. You know, do your do your part to actually be a productive member of society, if and as well as you can. Yeah. So that is the news of the day that is the things we're feeling the things we're seeing the things we're eating and that is life on my side of the fence 